Well, hello there. Welcome to Lifelong Podcast. I am so honored to have you here listening and tuning in to Lifelong Podcast, a show all about non-toxic living and longevity. And I, Heidi Kumjan, am your host, and I'm really on a mission to make non-toxic living easy and accessible for all. Today's episode is about a whole bunch of different things relating to nutrition and longevity. Some of those topics that we'll be going over include healthy metabolism, the French paradox, the blue zones, what it means to be a qualitarian, the truth about soy, sugar, and its role in aging, and healthy carbs. I am sitting down today with Ella DeVar, aka Ella the Nutritionist, who is a registered dietitian, TEDx speaker, media nutritionist, yoga instructor, theta healer, and certified health coach with a passion for helping driven, busy individuals streamline their wellness routine and accomplish a healthy balance in life with nutrition science and self-care. So if you love nutrition, you love longevity, you want to live a long, healthy, happy life, tune right in and help me welcome Ella DeVar. Ella, hello. How are you? Hi, Heidi. I'm great. And you? Doing well. It's summer and the sun is shining, so I'm a fair weather happiness. I'm always happier when it's sunny out, so can't complain. Same here in Miami, always sunny. (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh, Miami. What a joy to live in Miami. I feel like everyone moved there. It's like paradise. In the last like few years. Speaking of moving, you made a big Mm -hmm. move. What was that? How many years ago? I've started over in two continents and two cities. I moved 16 years ago from Russia to United States, to New York. And two years ago, I moved from New York to Miami. So starting over is something that I've mastered, I guess, by now. Yeah, that is no small feat. And I really want to hear more about just in terms of like nutrition and food, because that's really your expertise being a dietitian with a focus on longevity and mindfulness how did the food differ from Europe to the USA and and what Mm -hmm. was your kind of journey maybe waking up to these vast differences I, I, I grew up in the suburbs so I grew up very close to nature and I didn't appreciate it at the time my grandparents had a house with their own garden and they because they were poor, quote unquote, right? They were very self-reliant on food. They didn't make a ton of money from it, but they were self-sufficient with food intake. And me as a grandchild, I was always there for them. From May to September, my summer holidays, I would just spend at my grandparents' house, taking care of the garden, taking care of the animals. I have this deep-rooted appreciation for natural's way of living. Fast forward many years when I moved out of the small town, I've always thought like, like you can buy all this stuff. Why work so hard? Because it's a hard work farming and growing your own food. I was like, you can buy all this stuff. So I ended up in New York in finance and, you know, fast forward many years when I got burned out and I ended up studying nutrition, healthy lifestyle and longevity. It all came full circle for me when I realized, wait a second, I know it all in my DNA, right? And when I studied science, the, you know, longevity research from Blue Zones, I was like, wait, like I, this is all already part of me. 
So when I lived in New York City and I started getting into the quality of foods, the natural foods, the organic labels, I really started to dig deeper and going after the farmers, getting to know the local farmers, the farmers market. And I remember being a crazy New Yorker after 12 years in New York, Mm -hmm. I remember going to the Long Island and buying some berries from this farmer on on the the road stand where he was selling his berries and i looked at him and i was like are these organic and he looked at me and he's girl i picked them up early like a couple hours ago and they'll be gone in half an hour there's no label on it this is better than organic this is when it hit me i was like exactly it's better than organic there's no label on it no plastic around it and this is the real food for me this is what i preach my clients right now and listeners get to know the people that grow your food look at their hands look at their eyes talk to them see how they treated the food what they have to say about it how they eat it and really shorten the the chain of command between the person who created who who grew your food and uh, and the person who consumed it right versus in america a lot of people don't even know where their food comes from and it comes from it's imported from other countries and it's picked unripe and by the time it got there most people all they think about is the food that grows in the supermarket that's all that's as far as they're willing to go right so for me eating naturally grown foods that have no label on them that have no plastic around them is the most natural way that i truly believe in makes the difference when it comes to longevity and optimal well-being awesome and i have to say yesterday i actually went strawberry picking for the first time in such a long time and strawberries are my favorite fruit and probably one of my favorite foods ever and we're picking the strawberries yesterday and literally they give you this big bucket to fill up pick as many as you want and it was a labor of love we were out there for over an hour searching digging our hands in to find the best strawberries sweating standing up and down and I I said to my fiance I said oh my gosh I don't even know if I have energy we were gonna go golfing after that I'm like I'm getting a workout from picking the strawberries this is so ridiculous but it was like this I've had my own wake-up call with food for a long time but yesterday it just further ingrained in me that whoa when you can appreciate where your food is coming from and the the process of of getting that food literally farm to table now when I ate those strawberries at breakfast this morning it's like I had a deeper appreciation I, I could feel way better and happier knowing that I I knew exactly where this fruit came from and even tasted better. My question for you, Ella, is how can you speak about that mindful approach to eating and why is that scientifically so important for better gut health, longevity, all the things? Great question. Because when you were just describing how you picked up the bucket for the strawberries and how you were picking them, in my head, the way I would do it, the way I was picturing, I was like, okay, so you picked up a pound of strawberries in the bag, but how many pounds did you actually end up eating right off the the ground, (laughs) right? This is my favorite thing to do. It's just maybe not strawberries, but definitely raspberries eating right off the bushes. Oh, yeah. 
the best. Oh. And this is what our microbiome loves, you know? No water, no, like none of the washing and stuff like off the earth when, and maybe the, even the strawberries, the microbiome loves the bacteria, the fiber, the things that are grown in nature, that it becomes part of us. That's what I love to say. Our body is not part of nature. It is nature. Like when we die, we all go into the ground. This is where we come from and this is where we end up, right? So living like in, tr in true harmony with our earth and with the produce that comes from the earth, right? If you would have visited the same farm, let's say two months ago, there's nothing. There were no berries, right? They all came from the earth, from the air, from the water. And this is what a lot of people, when they get to experience picking up their own strawberries or going to the farms early in the spring when there's nothing, just there's flowers, right? Deep appreciation for food. And this is what's called, have you ever heard of French paradox? This is when they studied French society and French people. They said, how do these people eat butter, eat full fat dairy, eat bread? They eat whatever they want, but somehow their levels of heart disease, of mortality is much lower than in Americans, right? And this mm. is what's called a paradox because they eat it all, but they eat it in such small quantities, right? They don't need a lot to feel full. And this is what I teach my clients as well, to really come with full all senses to their meal times, right? Really enjoying the, the texture of it, the smell of it. The process of cooking is very important because this is when we build up the enzymatic sufficiency, when our body is switching from sympathetic to parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for rest and digest. And those who don't cook, I always tell them, take three deep breaths before you sit down and, and eat your meal, right? This is what helps your body to prioritize digestion, right? To prioritize enzymatic sufficiency and bile secretion, which helps to optimize your overall digestion and the metabolic processes. This is a really great answer. And I haven't specifically heard of the French paradox, but I've heard a lot coming out. There's a really brilliant woman, Nina Tykels, I believe is her name. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book called The Big Fat Surprise. And it's essentially now there's all these people, really smart people, researchers, scientists coming out and admitting that we've got it all wrong with the seed oils, the really low quality GMO crops and ways that things have been done. And you know what? Organic grass-fed butter really is better than some GMO soybean oil or something of that nature. The minimal processing. You know about the blue zones, right? The National Geographic researchers have done this worldwide uh, research on the highest concentration of centenarians, people who live above 100 years old and where they live in highest concentration. So they found five different areas and most of them, what they have in common, there's different, nine different factors, but my favorite fact about them is, is that most of them happen to be islands. There is an island in Japan, island in Greece, island in Italy, and then Costa Rica and California. 
But when you live on an island, by nature become very self-sufficient because you can't rely on the next Amazon delivery, on the next supermarket delivery, right? Where in America, we have the same produce all year round available at our fingertips. But what the island li uh, life would, would teach you is that, no, you have to live uh, on what's around you. Be very self-sufficient and embrace seasonality, right? That during the summer, you get a lot of greens, but in the wintertime, maybe not as much. And this is what really longevity research taught me, or like what I saw in that, is that living in harmony with nature once again, right? That everything in nature changes. And, but what we get is this, what, what whatever we can get, right? Whether it's the animals or produce, the plant produce, and the processing becomes very minimal, right? The only types of processing is that fermentation, for example, right? When in the fall, you get a huge produce, the abundance of produce of all these root vegetables, right? Pumpkins, potatoes, cabbages. And then what you do to, to make it last until the spring and the summer, you ferment them, right? You make pickled vegetables, somehow try to save them. And ferment, fermented vegetables are the best sources of probiotics and fiber and electrolytes. And that's what helps us to sustain ourselves throughout the winter. And these are my favorite longevity hacks, living in harmony and speaking to what you mentioned before, minimally processed foods, right? So all those foods, like the butter is basically milk that's been churned and that's it. And whereas the soy seeds or any vegetable seeds, that that's a whole processing, the crop processing. Olive oil is the same way, but olive oil is locally sourced, right? So for us, we need to be very mindful of where our food comes from. And the way I teach my clients is become the qualitarian, like really mind the quality. I don't like as a dietitian and food expert, I always say I don't discriminate against food. Every food is a food, but I am a qualitarian that I mind the quality of my food. I want to know where it comes from, who treated it with what philosophy and what intentions, why did they treat it to create more profit for themselves or because they want their product, they want to be proud of their product. They want people to know why they made it and the intentions behind it, right? For whether it's for health or no one knows the producer usually when it, when it comes to like big uh, agricultures, right, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love your term qualitarian. I was listening to you on some other podcasts and you spoke about that principle of being a qualitarian. So I'm mm -hmm. really glad that you answered that because I would totally consider myself a qualitarian as well. At the end of the day, that's what's most important. It's not being so rigid and saying, oh, butter is bad and bread is bad and things are bad. It's no like thing, like food can be really good and healthy if it's sourced properly and it's taken care of by the right people. And maybe profit isn't at the forefront of it and maybe yeah. nutrition is <laughs> yeah, i love what you just said because for example soy has a very bad reputation in the united states and as a food expert i would agree but only to some extent right soy has the highest 
plant-based protein content, right? And when we're substituting milk, soy milk is the best in terms of nutritional density. It has fats and it has proteins. But the reason soy got a bad reputation is because of the government subsidiaries, right? Because it was uh, subsidized, they created the GMO version of it, which creates a ton of profit for companies because it doesn't go bad, right? Same thing for wheat and same thing for corn. So people are afraid of corn, afraid of gluten, and afraid of soy. But when I talked to them, I was like, wait a second. There are farmers that actually make, they make small batch soy that is non-GMO, that is organic, that is regener regeneratively grown in the agricultural practices. There's nothing wrong with that. There's an entire Asian population group that eats a lot of soy and they're very healthy compared to American population. Same thing with wheat. When people go to Italy and France, they're like, how come I feel good eating gluten here? Exactly. It's not the, it's the practices. Don't eat the GMO versions, right? But do eat the ones that are organically grown within, with ancient grain and ancient practices of growing the, the cultures. So interesting about soy and totally ag agree with you but it sparked another thought and Tell it's me. taking me down a different direction for a conversation and with the soy milk you spoke of it it being more balanced with protein and fat I now mm -hmm. want to shift our conversation to more about metabolic health and blood sugar yes for those unfamiliar, why is it so important to manage your blood sugar, even if you're not diabetic? Yeah, very important. So blood sugar is important because it's basically energy that's running through our veins. What's energy, right? We all want to feel energized. We want to feel the love of life, right? But energy comes from different uh, sources. It comes from the outside world when we're feeding it or fueling our body with the food and it comes from the inside, right? Endogenously versus exogenously. Inside, it comes from the storage form called glycogen, which is uh, stored glucose in our liver and in our muscles and in our fat, fat stores, fat tissues. And then it comes from the outside and it mainly comes from all the carbohydrates that are so divinely delicious, right? <laughs> so everything made of grains, made of fructose, starchy vegetables, all of those things come with a lot of carbohydrates. And once they're ingested and broken down in our intestines, they get absorbed in our bloodstream and they raise the blood sugar once we consume them. And once they raise the blood sugar, unless you're going running, your body needs to metabolize it. If you're not using all that energy that was just consumed and Trust me, a lot of people don't realize it, but when they look at the trends, when they monitor it, they're like, wait a second, I have these spikes five times a day? Yeah, you have a spike when you're drinking something, when you're eating your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, when you're snacking, and again, having a beverage or dessert. So some people have up to seven or eight spikes of blood sugars a day, and what goes up must come down. And there's three ways to make it come down. Once I said is a workout, an exercise, another one is your insulin, your hormone. Hormone. Insulin is a catabolic hormone that metabolizes blood sugar. And how does it metabolize it? It puts it away. It needs to bring it down to the normal levels and it puts it away in a storage form, whether, like I said, in muscles, in your liver, and in your fat tissue storage, right? And once it puts it away, 
there's there's a couple of outcomes and mm -hmm. one of them could be weight gain and this is why it's so important and then a lot of people who are sensitive and who experience this over the years you know how they say oh when you get older your metabolism slows down right, right and i always say no when you take care of things they last and the reason your metabolism slows down is because your insulin can only take abuse for so much <laughs> and then after years especially when we're younger and you see the teenagers it's all carbs that they're ingesting right and your insulin works so hard it's like the sos is oh my god there's so much carbs i need to work so hard to metabolize all that and it eventually it gives up and what's called insulin um, loss of sensitivity. This is eventually when people like in their 40s, they're like, oh, they get diagnosed with pre-diabetes. And I'm someone who not only like I'm a dietitian, but my grandmother died from diabetes. So I'm genetically predisposed to diabetes and my insulin being sensitive to these things. So I've mastered the art of low carb eating for many reasons. It's not just for diabetes. Like a lot of clients come to me and I'm like, Congratulations, like you are way ahead of most people. You're taking these steps because sugar is the number one, the easiest way to age faster, right? Mm. And no one wants to age faster unless you're like a teenager. So there's a lot of reasons to get rid of sugar in your diet and to um, age slower, to prevent premature aging and to prevent metabolic dysfunction. Great answer. And when thinking about sugar and blood sugar balancing and all of that would you say though that there are safe ways to eat carbs if they're packaged up not packaged up literally but if you're eating it with a healthy fat and a healthy protein and the carb is a good carb like what are some examples yeah. of some of the the better carbs because there's obviously people listening that everyone does need carbohydrates but what is yeah. the your approach your advice, your expertise on, okay, if someone does want to eat carbs and needs to eat carbs, maybe how to eat carbs. My favorite carbohydrates are berries. Berries are high in fiber and therefore they don't spike your blood sugar as high and they're high in antioxidants, which is girl's best friends. If yeah. you want to glow from inside out, eat berries like it's your job. <laughs> and the darker the color, the better. My favorite are cherries, pomegranates, cranberries, and of course, blueberries and raspberries and strawberries. Then other carbohydrates or fruits. I begin with green fruits. The greener, the lower carbs they are, like green apples, green pears and kiwis, and then yellow and red ones. The tropical fruits usually are loaded with fructose. And some people of European descent, including myself, are very sensitive to fructose. So I don't recommend eating tropical fruits on an empty stomach but it's okay it's a good idea and it's okay to combine them with protein and fiber that helps to slow down the fructose absorption so i add them in small amounts to my protein shakes either a quarter of a banana or a little bit of pineapple for my green smoothies right to give it a little sweetness but not too much and then my other favorite carbohydrates are starchy vegetables things like carrots parsnip potatoes beets, uh, sweet potatoes, pumpkins. Those are all awesome carbohydrate choices because they're high in um, starch and some of the resistant starch. And they also come with nutrients. And then there is grain, the grains. Mm -hmm. The grains are important and they're delicious. Uh, and the best ones are whole grains. 
my the best ones for me are gluten-free grains such as buckwheat quinoa and rice and everything else when it comes to whole grain bread and um, bread made with sourdough so, uh, this, this is my favorite option because sourdough contains this bacteria that helps to digest the you I know mean, and break down the glucose in the bread and small amount of probiotics still <laughs> gets in when with the sourdough bread especially if it's homemade I love every single carb that you mentioned. Okay. <laughs> and it's so funny that we keep coming back to berries. <laughs> yeah, berries are my number two top nutrition recommendation. They come right after green leafy vegetables. Number two are antioxidant-rich berries. Okay, so for health foods in general, what would those be? The number one are green leafy vegetables every day. Okay. Number two are the darker, the greener vegetable, the better, meaning like kale versus lettuce, mm -hmm. kale, bok choy, asparagus, beet, beet greens. Then number two are antioxidant-rich berries. I mentioned a few, like cherries, pomegranates, cranberries. And then number three are healthy fats, omega-3 specifically, essential fatty acids that our body cannot make. And my favorite sources of omega-3s are sardines, mackerels, anchovies, herring, trout, and wild-caught salmon. And then there's a plant-based sources, of course, like avocado, walnuts, flax seeds, hemp seeds. Number four is the probiotics. Yeah, probiotic-rich foods, fermented vegetables like kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha, yogurt, kefir. Fermented beets, cucumbers, yeah, any vegetable. I just need to learn how to ferment. It's not something I've really explored doing on my own yet. It's actually very easy. It's two ingredients, basically, salt and cabbage. I mean, yes, everything else comes into play, whether it's like turmeric you want to use or carrots and dill and garlic, right? All mm -hmm. the flavor enhancers. But I've actually um, taught this recipe on how to make your own sauerkraut on TV. So it's totally doable. I experience a lot of joy cooking, but I know a lot of people, a lot of people do not, unfortunately. Trust me, we should be the role models. I think this is my mission to educate the new generation of healthcare practitioners, as well as the clients and followers to bring back the joy of cooking back yeah. in the kitchen, or as I like to say, bring the sexy back in the kitchen. You know, I mean, I gotta excite the listeners somehow, right? But it's it meant to be fun. This is the best way to rip the benefits of healthy foods that, you know, bring more intention into um, the process of making it, right? Because mm -hmm. truthfully, the simpler your food is, the better it is for you. That's why Italian cuisine is so famous. But most of the Italian, Italian dishes are like four or five ingredients, no more. It's like pasta, tomatoes and basil and olive oil boom the most famous italian dishes and you try to make that here with the regular yeah. <laughs> american ingredients and you're like that does not taste like what i had in florence but if you get the right ingredients then it could having your own basil garden and tomato garden and thank you stuff like yes. that, and it tastes better so with the metabolic health still on this topic it obviously has a lot of benefits for someone's appearance, weight loss, anti-aging, things like that. Glowing skin. Yeah. Yes. Why? 
I just want to emphasize to the audience because someone, maybe someone's listening. They're like, oh, I don't care about my weight or I don't care about my skin, which, okay, that's kind of cuckoo. Like, I feel like everyone should care about that. But what are the other like rapid fire benefits of eating for your metabolic health? Yeah, it improves your microbiome and digestion. And not a lot of people people realize the connection of your microbiome to your moods and to your mental health. There's all these neurotransmitters that communicate between your gut and your brain. And most people feel if they're always sad or depressed or anxious that it has nothing to do with their gut. It has something to do with their brain biochemistry, right? Right. But more and more neuroscientists now bring in the nutrition science into their practice to show that it's actually food that affects your mental and overall well-being. So definitely eat for your mental health and for higher vibrations and for more positivity in your life and see how the foods that you eat does affect your hormones level your neurotransmitter levels and your inner biochemistry and all the other benefits like look uh, we all on a daily basis dealing with toxins in our lives whether it's environmental toxins right or different exposure to bacteria and viruses and i'm someone I was diagnosed with HPV, human papillomavirus, that they say every other woman in in America has it, right? Mm. When I was 23 years old. And this is why I think I started this career, because I was 23 when the doctor told me that HPV is a precancerous cell. And being 23 and hearing that, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. I said, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that this precancerous cells will never turn into, I will not give it a chance. I will make sure that my immune system is so strong that I could deal with anything. When COVID happened a couple of years ago, I was already way before that teaching on optimal immunity. And when COVID happened, I said, guys, let's get ready what's next. When COVID's gonna pass, we're gonna continue being bombarded by all these different substances. What else should we prepare for? And you better be prepared. So that's what I'm saying, the resilience of your body. And for women, you know, we carry children in the future. We need our bodies to be as resilient as possible. So for me, optimal health and immunity is being that. That no matter what life throws me at, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's like emotional stress or physical stress or viral load, I can deal with anything. Or it's pregnancy, my body will just go through it like with flying colors. I think that's what excites me the most, yeah. I am right there with you because it's very empowering when you realize that, wait, I am in control of my body and my health. And you know what? There are going to be more viruses. There are going to be more crises and viruses and all this kind of junk out in our world but that's out of our control what's in our control is to your point having this strong kind of body this armor this shield this protection against anything and yeah even to your point of of pregnancy so many people have complications now and hormonal problems and what if one could embrace a lower toxic lifestyle with more nutritious foods that gets their body into and and even the mindfulness getting your body into a more relaxed and healthy state and less toxic state and then maybe your chances of having a healthier pregnancy do go up which you know the studies show they do so it's all worth it yep i have really enjoyed 
talking to you, Ella. You are such a wealth of knowledge and even just your eclectic background of moving here from Europe, working on Wall Street and finance, and then overcoming, you know, your own health things and getting interested in this kind of ancient way of eating and then going back to school for for nutrition and now you're on TV and doing all these cool things you it was really such a pleasure having you on and I yeah. am wondering if you just have any kind of closing thoughts or resources to share with the audience yeah I think I'm gonna share this new program that I created I've been working one-on-one in private practice for so long and not with my TED talk out and working in the media working on TV I'm realizing that I have a much wider reach to a bigger audience and I do want my knowledge to be as accessible as possible to everyone. So what I've done is I created an online signature program where I've recorded all my knowledge, everything I give to my private clients and it's called the gut brain method where it connects your optimal digestion and metabolism with overall mental health and confidence and clarity and courage, right? Each module goes over different applications of knowledge on how to eat, what to eat, when to eat, and what not to eat. And basically every module has a meditation, right? Guided meditation, body scan, theta healing meditation, hypnosis meditation for weight loss and for confidence. Because a lot of clients come to me, they think they come for weight loss or autoimmunity. And when we really dig deeper and I give them all the information, sometimes what I learned is what they're missing is this trauma in their head that they're thinking that they're not good enough or, you know, there's there's still something missing after you give all the information. So I started guiding meditations. I got certified as a meditation practitioner and the hypnosis practitioner, and I recorded all of them. And they're available at the gutbrainmethod.com for anyone to check out and without having access to me and start learning, start changing your life, become your own dietitian, become your own CEO of your health and really take control, as you said, of your body and your mental health, that it's all in within reach for you. You don't need another expert out there to help you because I'm someone before I became a dietitian I've tried every diet I've tried it all I've went to every holistic practitioner every doctor you name it and I was so confused until I met this dietitian that helped me to connect with my own body start listening my own body and stop listening to everyone else out there so the knowledge I started receiving really from inside out and it just clicked with created this connection the mind body connection that impossible for me to lose because i don't i no longer listen to advice from the outside because mm-hmm. it's so conflicting and confusing every new book every new expert comes up with all these conflicting advice on fats on carbs and proteins that i think what we most of us need is this deep rooted connection with ourselves and to start really listening to our body. And this is why, this is the intention behind why the method that I created, that I give the knowledge, but most importantly, I create the connection that this knowledge really strikes the chord inside your heart and your body really is able to act on it and get the most benefit from it. That is so beautiful. And I will absolutely include the link in the show Mm -hmm. notes because I really want 
people to just like you said to realize that they hold the power in their heart and in their soul to really figure this out on their own but sometimes you just need a little bit of education or a little bit of direction and it sounds like your program is you know empowering and and motivating and the fact that you can reach so many people is really cool so i'll definitely include that in the show notes thank you and it's very comprehensive there's a whole module on on detoxing a whole module on supplements all the questions and you're a pro and when it comes to detoxing right and non-toxic lifestyle yes thank you this has been so great allah one more thing before you go are you subscribed to lifelong podcast have you left a rating and review are you following along on instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with heidi if you're not doing so already consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.